0: To me, it's the, it's not so, as balanced as the other beer we had, mm-hmm. but I think it's more citrus-forward. Sure. Um, and that's what I like. That's cool. what I like about this style.
1: It's extremely soft, and the viscosity just lets it sit on your tongue. I think that's yeah, that's that, where you're getting that numbness from. It's, right. it's, it's almost like a perfect level of viscosity in this beer cool. for me. It's a great mouthfeel. I'm a big mouthfeel guy when it comes to beers. Yeah, he's a big
0: mouthfeel guy. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I, I would... Uh... Not for you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>
2: stumbled on into the Tap Takeover podcast.
1: Welcome to the Tap Takeover podcast. Today we're sitting down with Danny McMahon of Hacienda Brewing. Um, they've recently uh, broken into the Milwaukee market after uh, starting the somewhat humble roots in Door County and Bailey's Harbor as Door County Brewing, and then Sort of retransforming themselves and rebranding under uh, a new brewery name, um, while still still carrying Door County. Uh, that name is Hacienda. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Danny, welcome to the Tap Takeover podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, before we start, let's just put the voices with the names, um, so you all know who we are. Uh, I'm Andy.
2: This is Jesus. This is Alex.
1: This is Danny. So, Danny, just to start, tell us tell us how Door County Brewing um, came about.
3: Yeah, we started probably pretty similar to most breweries that have opened up in the last few years. I was a home brewer while I was in college in Minnesota. Um, I had graduated, been out working jobs at restaurants, really liked that. But we had some friends up in Door County who were looking to start uh, a small brewery, and I somehow weaseled my way in there. And uh, they brought my dad in to help with some business stuff that they were needing help with. And as we got closer and closer to getting that up and running, we... um, found out that there were a couple couple issues on the end of the original owners so they actually had to back out but we were pretty much ready to go so it it went from being some people bringing us into being just the family thing so opened that up six years ago i guess 2013 we sold our first
1: beer
2: so that's a that's a quick turnaround. So four years in, you're already opening a, a second brewery or Correct. a second branch of, uh, of Door County and calling it Hacienda. Where where the name come from? where did the idea to kind of split off come from?
3: So when we when we opened up Door County Brewing, we. We thought we knew what we were doing, and it may have looked like we knew what we were doing, but we didn't know anything. We didn't know what was going on. We set up to be a brewery based around distribution. Uh, we The original spot we had, we thought, we don't need a tap room. let's not do that. And, obviously, we changed that, thank God. Um, but Door County was originally supposed to be super Belgian-focused, do experimental stuff, and we just kind of went with where our home market took us, and that just ended up being, you know... Porters. we have a wit beer that has been the number one seller since basically day one and for some reason that's not stopping and then we do a session ipa we released a west coast ipa hoppy wheat beer this year but it's very traditional two style beers but if you had ever been up and visited our tap room we did a lot of kind of unique draft only stuff that didn't really fit that mold and that's the stuff that we got really excited about so Uh, Two years ago, we were just thinking, you know, we've been traveling, gone to different breweries, and just like, how do we do the stuff that we want to do, that, but still make it cohesive? And we couldn't come up with a way to make these styles of beers that we're doing for Hacienda do the artwork we want to do, and still keep it under Door County. So we decided that the best way to do it was essentially open a side project or sister brewery called Hacienda. And Hacienda means estate, and it kind of encompasses our
1: property in Bailey's Harbor and everything that we do i guess you weren't you weren't gonna actually have a tap room at first right yeah we all laugh at that i mean the craziness (laughs) that your tap room is now in the summer months in door county yeah (laughs) there was a while where the tap room was going to be literally like a 25
3: by 12 foot space and we thought that was plenty and we learned pretty quickly that that was really stupid
1: with with the quickness that door county caught on Mm -hmm. um with, with the Wisconsinites and the Chicago crowd coming up to visit, how, how much time did it take you to realize that that you were going to be able to do the next step, which is Hacienda? We were, I remember we were driving down to, it was either to, to Milwaukee or Chicago, it was me
3: and my dad, and we were just chit-chatting back and forth, and this wasn't terribly long after I think American Solera kind of announced itself, and while I guess they're technically not owned by the same people anymore, that was like, ah, oh, it's kind of an interesting concept. So we were just talking back and forth and about all the things we wanted to do and how to actually make it work, and I think we went from, we came up with the idea in May of 2017 and officially launched Hacienda in February 2018, so it wasn't, it, it seemed like it was a long time, I don't know if that, I mean, it, it, we weren't starting our first brewery at that point, so we kind of knew what to do, but it, it, it seemed like it went quick, we kept a good secret, I guess.
0: And how does Hacienda kind of compare to Door County right now? because so, uh, I mean, this is obviously your first tap room, but mm-hmm. it's it's a once people see this, it's pretty impressive. Um, and you're getting your word out, you know, your beers out there. So, I guess how do they compare right you now as far as sales?
3: As far as sales go, so Door County, we're going to brew about four thousand barrels of beer for Door County, with a good chunk of that we brew at Octopi in Wanakee, um, and we've been there for quite a long time. And we have a so we we'll have about four thousand barrels there. We have a 15-barrel brew house in Bailey's Harbor, where we brew draft-only, seasonal Door County Brewing Company beers, and everything for Hacienda. But for Hacienda, we our first year, we brewed just under 1,000 barrels, but 150 of those barrels actually went into long-term oak barrel aging. So it's, Hacienda is about a quarter of our production.
2: Any of that brewing production uh, going to happen down here in Milwaukee? Are you guys going to be a full-scale brewery down here, or is this just a tap room?
3: Not planning on brewing down here. We have plenty of room to expand in Bailey's Harbor, and that's where I live, and that's where we all live. So uh, it, not any time in the near future. If we ever outgrow that space, things are going far better than anybody expected.
1: <laughs> so so here at the Tap Takeover podcast, we like to uh, let, let the folks we're interviewing tell their stories through the beer. Um, And from what I read and understand, you really only have one core brand Mm -hmm. with Hacienda, and I think that's one of the beers you brought down to start with. Correct.
3: Yeah, so that's uh, everything eventually. We weren't the first people doing hazy IPAs. You know, we were doing them pretty quickly, albeit on a seven-barrel system in Bailey's Harvest, so not many people knew that this was even happening. Uh, But it's all citra with a—not all citra. It's mostly citra with a tiny bit of azaka in there just because— Can't afford that much citra. Um but five point nine percent, so it's under six percent, so it's easy drinking, uh not overly sweet by any means, it's still full mouthfeel. Uh we just wanted something that was full flavor, full mouthfeel, nice typical citra peach notes, but not you know, an eight and a half, nine percent triple dry hop, triple IP or anything like that. Something that you can drink your four-pack in one sitting. So this is probably the beer I've drank the most out of any beer ever in existence. So,
2: It's a fantastic beer. Thank I mean, you. Getting all the juicy flavors, everything that you'd want out of a hazy. And you know, and I don't think you give yourself enough credit. Uh, you, you definitely weren't the first to do the, uh, the New England style hazy. But you were on the forefront of uh, Wisconsin's hazies, uh, the punk ass cat and its wild success really kind of put you guys on the map as far as these guys are doing hazies, they're doing them well. What did uh, what Punk-Ass Cat mean for that brewery?
3: Yeah, so Punk-Ass Cat is actually that falls under our Door County Brewing Company label, which is like the one outlier, but we were never... Well, that came out when we were still in our 7-barrel system, and that produces next to no beer. Um, so, this was the first large-scale batch of New England IPA we were ever able to make. Um, we assumed if it turned out well, people would be interested, but it, it really it really moved a lot faster than we expected it to. So it, it it's helped us out a lot. It's it's proven that we can we can sell hazy IPAs and people are, are interested in it. So it's been it's
1: been big for us. Well, that kind of the aha beer that springboarded. Yeah, it's Hacienda, like, oh, right? this is actually going to work. And we
3: we swore for a long time when we first started we won't make IPAs and. That's like eighty percent of our production right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta be responsive to the market. If we've learned anything on the podcast, it's that lesson. Yep. That uh, the folks who are not responsive to the market, they don't stick around very long. <laughs> Correct.
3: Yeah, we found that out.
2: So, uh, Andy and uh, Jesus, what uh, what are you getting out of this? Uh, everything eventual.
1: I mean, it's a nice, soft, pillowy mouthfeel. It's the low bitterness that you come to expect from New England. Um, I like the easy drinking aspect I mean, you can, you know, this could be a patio pounder in the summer, I mean, seriously No, what
0: I like about this is the balance, like you were saying there's still that little bitterness and this uh, juiciness, but it's not overpowering on each, you know uh, sometimes uh, with these hazies, you get a lot of that citrus, mm-hmm. uh, that juiciness that's just overpowering, and it almost forgets the roots of an IPA, which is the bitterness. Mm-hmm. I think this is very well balanced and uh, a successful beer.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. Cool. Thank you. Fantastic beer. You know, Congratulations again on, you. on the entire line. This other one that I'm drinking, this Time is an Illusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first time I've had it uh, on tap. Uh, it's the first time I've had it, period. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of knocking my socks off. Sweet. As good as everything eventual was, this one's even more juicy, more hazy. Mm-hmm. It's everything that I thought a beer could be and more. Cool. <laughs> so tell me about this beer and uh, how it kind of launched off of some of the other hazies that you're doing.
3: So... That beer actually started out as a beer called Infinity Gauntlet, and most of you guys will probably hate me for the fact that I didn't know what Infinity Gauntlet meant when one of our bartenders said, name that beer that, and none of the other people that let me name that beer Filled me in that <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet was Marvel or DCC. I don't actually know what it is, but I know it's from one of those things. So, she you know, uh, said from Disney? We didn't. <laughs> we were preemptive on that. Uh. but turns out there's actually a lot of other breweries that have that uh, beer called Infinity Gauntlet, so we just figured let's just skip any hassle. But anyway, we. that beer came along. We were focusing on everything eventually a lot, real drinkable beers, but people. it seems like people just. The eight percent is a sweet spot for a lot of people. Got it's a, a Zaka Mosaic and Simcoe hopped. Um, that was one of the first uh, New England IPAs that we actually threw in Simcoe. I think a little less than a year ago, and we just had a little bit of that around and figured, you know, we've we've done so much Citra, so much Citra Mosaic. Let's try something new. So got a Zaka, got Simcoe, uh, and a little Mosaic in there, and just you know, kind of messed around with the ratios of the three hops and. This is what we settled on, so it's eight percent, but hopefully doesn't quite drink like eight percent. Not super boozy, even though it's there, but I don't
2: know. yeah, definitely not tasting hot. Cool. M- much more on the juicy end, very very smooth. I-, I would not have guessed this was an eight percent beer. Thank honestly. you. Yeah, Appreciate it's one that's it.
1: going to sneak up on you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, definitely not in the patio pounder territory, but uh, you know I could pound some of these on a <laughs> on a good night. Let, let's keep this uh, this tap takeover going. If uh, which other beers would you choose to kind of tell that story?
3: This other one, it would be. It's actually a new one for us. It's called Am I Coming In Clear? this to me is actually the beer i want to drink all the time so we're super focused on saisons even though they don't move that quickly and no one wants to talk about them we actually do focus a lot on saison farmhouse sale mixed fermentation stuff so for this one we wanted to come out with a beer that we could turn around in a month and a half or so so we just we've made a pretty simple grist a little bit of raw wheat a little bit of rye all pills uh, fermented it in stainless steel for two weeks with our house yeast basically got it to dryness. And then when we packaged it in both the keg and the bottles, we pitched Britannomyces uh, just a single strain, uh, let that condition for about a month in the keg and the bottle. And then we also Let's get the apart, we dry hopped it with two pounds per barrel of Motueka hops, so super lemon lime forward, herbaceous but not bitter, not overly hoppy, and then just let that yeast kind of, that Brett kind of do its thing. So it's got a nice kind of strawberry funk, uh, not acidic, not tart by any means, but a little bit of pineapple, a little bit of strawberry, and it's five percent. So kind of inspired by Jolly Pumpkin Bam beer, I guess, but just super. Yeasty and delicious. I would
0: just say it. There's a lot going on here. There is. <laughs> Basically, what you just said, just shorten. Yeah, this, the nose. I love the nose. It's cool, like it really takes you to that saison, like farm. I got like uh, a here. white white grape yeah, almost yeah, yeah, yeah. on the nose.
1: Yep. Uh, why do you think that is? I mean, us personally here on the podcast, we we love saisons. Why mm-hmm. do you think that's a style that's not talked about much?
3: You know, I think a lot of people see the word saison and they don't quite. It's a word they're not familiar with, which I totally understand. Um, it's yeast-forward, which a beer described as yeast-forward. It's kind of a weird way to describe anything. It's just never been anything huge. We went out to uh, um, uh, Society Brewing as a group in San Diego last year, and uh, we were talking with those guys, and they are like, yeah, we love Saison, but we don't make much of it because nobody wants to drink it. So I think it's just a style a lot of people aren't familiar with, but beers that are super dry or for me... Perfect. So that's that's what I like to focus on. It's just not what the market wants to focus on.
2: Yeah, I think this is a really nice one. Uh, you know, it's got that bread of my so mm-hmm. it's got that little bit of a, a horse blanket kind of thing going on. But but everything underneath there is really pleasing to the top. Cool, thank you. Know? you. It's uh, It, it kind of hits you right off the bat, you know. You, you're definitely tasting the Saison. But, uh, yeah, like Andy was saying, there, there's some strawberry or something going on there. It's uh, very, very, very tasty. Cool. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Why don't you tell us about... Um, the new location coming to fruition a little bit Yeah, I mean any any fun stories uh, you know construction accidents that you didn't have to pay for or something <laughs> so, so
3: the the spot we were in I'd never been here before when it was open it had been closed for about two years but a lot of people know this we're in the old BBC G Daddy BBC location on North and Farwell um apparently that was a super popular kind of divy bar cheap beer Detroit Red Wings fans here apparently I just learned that yesterday um <laughs> But we looked all over Milwaukee and Madison to try to find a spot uh, that made sense, and this just fell into our lap at the very end. Um, but when we toured this place, it was in rough shape, as anybody who's been here probably knew. Uh, but when we went down to the basement, there was probably six different walk in coolers. Spread out. It felt like a dark maze. Like every time you'd step forward, someone was going to come out and kill you. Um, but there was were you attacked uh, by a possum or a raccoon. Absolutely. There's there's probably ghosts in this place. Um, but th- we found a huge box full of uh, confiscated IDs. So that was that was fun to <laughs> sift through. So probably a thousand fake IDs were left behind, which were entertaining. But it was a pretty clean process otherwise.
2: It's it's a college crowd down here. right? I remember coming to BBC mm-hmm. a lot when I was in uh, college, going to UW Milwaukee. Um, Burger Hell on Wednesday <laughs> nights was was always a big draw, but it's amazing what you guys have done with the space. Cool, thank you. Uh, you guys have opened it up. Uh, it's it feels more light and airier upstairs. You know, you can actually see all the way across the bar. It there.
0: felt like a basement upstairs before. Honestly, yeah, it was so yeah. dark. Yeah, I I mean, when
3: we toured it, it what dark was like the overlying factor.
2: So tell us about the, the color scheme, not just of the, the new taproom, but of the uh, the brewery, the brand itself. You guys are going with really bright, you know, uh, uh, striking colors. Uh, and tell us a little bit about the, uh, the Armadillo as well.
3: Yeah. So w- w- as far as our branding goes, I mean, you go to a liquor store, there's 10,000 options. So obviously mm-hmm. appearance makes a difference. We kind of came up with this brand to be something that was evolving, didn't, you know center around one artist we wanted to reach out to any number of artists anybody that we just thought did cool stuff uh and have them we'd pitch them an idea and have them do something based on their aesthetic uh and that's just kind of evolved exponentially and we've worked with a lot of really cool people um and most of it's been pretty eclectic pretty out there so it, 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 for us it was a big deal but the armadillo came along uh, a buddy of ours from high school is a stand-up comedian in Chicago, so he needs a lot of money. And we said, "Hey, Toller, would you draw something?" And that's what he came back with. So it's an armadillo with horns. We're calling it a jackadillo, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. So you need to put that on a hat. I know, I know. It's yeah, it's on T-shirts Andy and So <laughs> yeah. So uh,
2: the the tap room itself. I mean, it, one wall completely orange, bright mm-hmm. orange, you know. I'm not sure exactly what that orange is called, you know, but you know. it's very, very striking. Um, even the bar has, like, little uh, little streaks of orange and blue in there, so you know, it's it's really amazing. I I, I don't know if you can uh, name the uh, the firm that you guys went with.
3: Yeah, we went with uh, Design 360, 360 Degrees. They've done a lot of stuff around Milwaukee. They uh, designed all the lowlands buildings, so like Cafe Hollander, Cafe Central, all mm-hmm. that stuff. They've worked with them, but they were super great we met with a handful of uh, design firms and they were just the most like yes here's your vision we'll do it super professional took over all the um the permit stuff so they were great but we just you know we had an idea we wanted to make even though we don't brew here we are a brewery we wanted to make something that didn't feel super industrial like it was a warehouse that happened to have a tap room not there's anything wrong with it but we wanted it to feel like something more like we want the whole experience not just the beer itself to be a big deal. So the aesthetic, the seating arrangements, the colors, the brightness was something we were super, super conscious of and super critical of. And three hundred and sixty did a, did a killer job with it.
2: And I think that goes along with uh, Door County Brewing as well. It's a very warm, very inviting, mm-hmm. very community-oriented uh, 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 place that you guys have up in Door County, mm-hmm. and it feels that, that way. But in a different kind mm-hmm. of way down here, you know, it's it's brighter, it's open, you know, it's it's great for a college town like mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah, I don't know. Kudos to uh, to the design firm. Did, how did it feel to you walking through once everything was done? Did it feel like this was your vision, or did it feel like this was they, they took something out of your brain and made it even
3: better? No, it felt it felt like ours. Um, again, Hacienda never had a spot, so we just had a lot of ideas of what we felt like the Hacienda brand was. So when they got the uh, neon sign posted or hung up and turned on yesterday. Uh, they got all the plants hung. When we walked in, it was like, "Oh yeah, this this feels like what hacienda is supposed to be."
2: Nice. And what? Uh, how did you set that up for uh, you know for all the drinkers, for all the uh, the patrons coming in? What What did you want them to feel, kind of walking through the doors for the first time?
3: We wanted people to first off know it's a brewery, so that's why the taps are right in your face when you walk in. Um, <laughs> but uh, we wanted it to feel. I mean, interesting, unique, exciting, but still welcoming, not overly pretentious, overly anything. Um, we just wanted people to come in, see that it's open, see that there's light coming in, see that there's color and warmth, and just we wanted it to be somewhere that that's unique but still feels like it's a community spot. So that's why we've got a different different seating options. You can be by yourself, you can be in a group. Uh, bar is pretty pretty big so it, it's we just want people to feel like oh, this is awesome and it's not like other breweries
1: yeah you guys have nailed that thank you so it, it, it's a more modern modern turn on uh on a design uh, because you do um uh, for our listeners who haven't been up to visit uh, your door county location um, why don't you tell them a little bit about that? Cause it's a beautiful, like, rustic reclaimed wood. Absolutely, real location.
3: Yeah, that spot we built two and a half years ago. Um, it's 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 very Door County, which we love. I mean, I still live I live in Door County, and I love living out there. But it it, it our original spot um, that we moved into six years ago used to be. It was a feed mill, and then it was a barn, and then it was a co op for a while. So it kind of had this rustic farm feel, uh, which. Works really well for Door County. So when we had to move into a bigger space, we wanted something that looked like it'd been there for a while, but still felt lived in. Still felt rustic without being overly rustic. But we did all reclaim wood from Door County. Um, we didn't treat any of the wood on the walls. We just dried it out, make sure there weren't bugs in it. But we 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 basically told the um, design team there that. They're like they kept promising we're going to bring our a team make this polished and we said no bring your c team we want this to look like it's (laughs) like it's rough so all the brick behind the wall behind the taps in door county we told them don't scrape the mortar off let it ooze out and let it look like this place is not new we want this to feel like it's been here forever
0: all right i think this is a good time to take a little break so when we come back we'll talk more we'll continue the journey through the tap takeover find out what you guys have going on for the rest of the year obviously opening this Uh, in a couple days, so we'll be right back.
3: This is Danny from Hacienda Beer Company, and you're listening to the Tap Takeover Podcast.
2: All right, so we're going to get right back into it, and uh, Danny, it's been an amazing first half of the episode, and uh, we want to get into some more beers, but uh, I'm really interested in knowing some of the origins for some of the names of the beers that you're going with. So we got the uh, the story behind the Infinity Gauntlet uh, and how that one kind of, uh, you know, metamorphosized. Uh, Tell us about some of these other, you guys got really creative beer names, and they seem to not have. A lot to do with the beer itself, unless there's some some hidden meanings. What what's going on with these beer names?
3: Yeah, there's rarely any hidden meaning. I mean, there's a ten thousand or ten million beers out there, and we try our best to not name a beer as the same as another brewery would have named a beer. So honestly, we've got a bunch of weirdos that work up at the brewery in the tap room in Door County, and most <laughs> of the beers. Uh, or the names are created after work when people have had a couple, and they're all, they're typically, it's typically just phrases in a conversation. So, like, it, uh, I'm not a doctor, which is a beer I think I brought down. Um, one of our buddies just tore his ACLs, and he's uh, the most unathletic person, but he tore his ACL. If you ever go up there, you should ask Andy, Andy, how you tear your ACL? He'll tell you a great story. But uh, he just said, in, in passing whatever the conversation was, and he goes, I'm not a doctor, and someone goes, name it, that's a beer. <laughs>
2: and uh, what, what's in the uh, I'm not a doctor?
3: It's a weird one. Um, I'm super excited about it. It is a Thai iced tea-inspired IPA. So, to my knowledge, I'm not... I'm a doctor? Yeah, I'm not a doctor. probably the only, out of the four of us in production, I think I'm the only one who's not actually had Thai iced tea before, but from what I've been told, is it is... It's typically black tea, condensed milk, and then any number of spices from all the recipes we found. The most common spices are cardamom, star anise, and cinnamon. And then other ones had tamarind, vanilla, orange, but this is what we settled on. So we did a beer that was it's IPA, obviously. Lactose to replicate the condensed milk, a tiny bit of star anise, cardamom, ginger, and then decent amount of black tea. Not a ton of black tea because it was a bunch of weird ingredients and we didn't want to make a 15 barrel batch of beer that wasn't good. So spices are all in there, but it's still an IPA at the end of the day.
2: So I, I tended towards the uh, the juicy IPAs when I first walked in the door, but uh, Jesus, you've already had a few of these. What, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what keeps bringing you back for more on this one?
0: Well, I had two. Okay. <laughs> no, but I think it is a... I, I just like that it's a very complex beer. It has that spiciness and I think the cinnamon is, you really get that, you know, and you still get that bitterness and you get the hoppiness. It's a well balanced beer. I think people are going to like this who don't like IPAs, actually. Yeah, that's what we're
3: trying. Like, we love doing milkshake IPAs, but we kind of just got sick of just throwing in fruit and lactose. So we're trying to uh, just figure out other weird beverages that we can kind of replicate in our milkshake IPA portfolio
1: well, lactose is pretty definitive in beers mm-hmm. and I, I don't get that lactose aftertaste in this beer cool so for someone who might not like the lactose and they could they could drink this and say I'm okay with this now it's very well hidden in cool. the beer thank you appreciate it you know honestly
2: I'm I'm not a huge fan of star anise I know it's a, I'm not either <laughs> it's a, it's a big part of Belgian brewing and you know and and it shows it's a uh, it's ugly head and it's a really uh, weird ways this one i'm not hating i I, it's really understated it's really subtle maybe it's that lactose which is giving it kind of a different mouthfeel i don't know my tongue's going a little numb Uh, that that's an interesting part of this beer (laughs) really pretty
3: interesting i i kind of like this one. cool thank you yeah it's the star anise was there right before the dry hop and milkshake ip is still a huge dry hop so that kind (laughs) of toned it down a little bit and then the cinnamon was the last thing we added, so it's it's all there. But again, we were super super worried about making sure everything was there, but not nothing too in your face because it's a weird combination of stuff.
0: All right, well, let's get back into the the move down here to Milwaukee. And obviously, you're new to the area. You mm-hmm. still live uh, in Door County. One thing that we've really found is the community here for our brewers is very tight. What has the transition been like? I mean, any anybody's reached out to you? Any friends that you've made i know good cities right down the, the road here can you tell us a little bit about that transition
3: yeah it's actually been really great we've made friends with a lot of the guys down here at uh, different breweries i've known george at company brewing uh, long before he opened company brewing kyle at 1840s reached out we actually have a couple of collaborations we're going to do next month at our place uh, with him and he was here earlier tonight guys at eagle park have shown up to events of ours which have been great and overall it's just been it's been super nice um i mean God, the guys at third space Andy, and kevin have always been super <laughs> welcoming they've stopped up at our place before I don't know, everybody just seems to be super happy to have us i mean everybody does their own thing and you know i don't think we're taking anything away from anybody else by being here and it's been it's been solid it's been a lot of a lot of brewers have walked through the door tonight so it's been great to see
0: no i guess uh yeah everything that we've talked about has always been the more the merrier you mm-hmm. know uh, how does the scene compare here to door county i think door county only has a couple Well, i was Two about to
3: say there's not much of a scene in door County. Right, right there are other brewers there are other brewers but yeah it's it's small up there. there's a lot of wineries in door county shipwrecked <laughs> has been there forever a friend of mine works there they just hired a new brewer too from north carolina who knows what he's doing but they've been around for 30 years uh, starboard brewing in surgeon bay it's a one barrel nano setup he just makes beer for his space and then Anape, which toes the line between door and kewanee county which we are very particular about in door county but uh nick at Anape <laughs> has been great but it's i mean there's just not much up there when it comes to beer so
1: oh excuse me one yeah, barrel just moved great. up any plans My bad. with them and there are uh, new kids on the peninsula <laughs> actually
3: I, I we've been friends with peter at one barrel for a long time feel Bad, I forgot about that, but they just opened last week up in Egg Harbor, which is 10 minutes from us. But I mean, Door County has got plenty of space where we've got room for a handful of breweries to be up there, and um, uh, not too many though.
1: Yeah, we got room <laughs> for a few more, but not too many.
3: No, it's been great, and I mean, there's not much of a scene, but it's slowly growing. And you know, we get people from from Milwaukee and Chicago and the Twin Cities, people who know what the scene is like, so it's we, we have the customer base, it's just it's so been a little bit slower to catch on by us, but it's happening.
1: So we're we're actually doing this interview um, for our listeners down in the the basement of the new Stu Milwaukee facility, the tap room. I mean, some beautiful old wood wood beams down here. Is there any plans to do anything with the basement eventually? I don't know.
3: We've in the, this being our third building, we've never had this much storage space. So I think everybody's actually just looking at all the openings, open space, and just being like, "Don't touch it. Let's enjoy it while we have it." <laughs> I don't know. We'll probably put some coolers and freezers for the kitchen down here at some point. But, you know, it's got enough space for a very, very small brew system. Whether we'll actually do that, I don't know. But, again, we're just enjoying the extra space that we've never had before.
0: (laughs) Well, let's go from the basement to actually the second floor, because that's what BBC was known for for their music up on that second floor so tell us do you have that space and we don't any plans for that we
3: don't technically the only space we have is the basement and the main level floor but the second and third floor are both really spectacular great event spaces i believe it was the second floor that at one point was a music venue right now they're all just kind of demolished but they're just waiting for somebody to take them up so in a perfect world We would love to rent or own the second or third floor and either make it into a private event space or music venue or something. I mean, if you ever go up there, those two rooms are just screaming for something to happen to them. So hopefully we can get what we're doing right now figured out and sooner rather than later take over. The next. This is before
0: us. your grand opening. You're already talking. about I know. About got, I, know <laughs> I know. If you knew my dad, my dad's already
3: on to like six projects after this. So uh, me thinking the next one's actually slow for us.
2: Well, since you bring up your dad, we have uh, we we do this every so often. Uh, every every so often, people hear that we're doing an interview with a brewery and they send in listener questions. Uh, we encourage you to do that. Uh, you know, send them to tap takeover podcast at gmail.com. But we had a listener question for this one from Ryan from Milwaukee. Uh, he's met you before, and he's also met your dad. And uh, he knows that uh, you'll see this in the pictures that we put out there. You have an amazing beard. Uh, your dad has an epic white beard. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope to grow a beard like that someday. Ryan would like to know, uh, is, <laughs> is a beard essential for, uh, for starting a brewery?
3: No, but I think, well, I will say, and I'm pretty sure my dad will also say, we've had them long enough to where no one wants to see what's underneath them, so I think we're just stuck with them at this point. So, it's not necessary, but I think it's really just like, it shows, hey, I don't work a corporate job, I have a beard, and I don't have to wear a suit, I can wear a ratty pair of jeans and a t-shirt to work, so... I don't know, one day I'll get rid of it, but I just, I should
1: lose some weight first. <laughs> Do it for grand opening and see if you get thrown out of your own stand oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to see myself, I'll be honest. I don't think
3: I look that great. Well,
2: I'll tell you what, let's uh, let's continue this tap takeover, and uh, what's uh, the next beer you have on tap here for us?
3: Yeah, uh, the next beer is called It Just Does Weird Things. I don't actually think the beer does weird things. It's another one of those in-conversation uh, beers so hazy ipa surprise surprise six and a half percent which to me is my sweet spot it's big enough but not too big uh it's mosaic Eldorado, and citra so mosaic obviously everyone knows what that tastes like eldorado has got a nice little melon note to it which i particularly love um and then uh citra obviously peach forward finishes actually final gravity still most of our hazy ipas finish a lot lower than other breweries but we just our water profile and our grist build just you know provide a nice body. But name for this one, we got our canning line up uh, up and running last May, so we've had it for a little over a year. Uh, got it from Cask Brew Systems out of Canada. They sent one of their technicians down to help us get up and running, and we were struggling with one piece of equipment at one point. And we're like hey, man, what's going on with this? He's like, I don't know. Sometimes this line just does weird things. And someone said, call out a beer. So, so we did.
2: <laughs> so these beer names just write themselves, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just come
3: talk to us for 15 minutes, and you'll get to name a beer. We don't call it a flagship, but it's probably the beer behind everything eventually that we brew the most of. Not quite full-time, but close enough. Yeah, Andy, yeah.
2: Uh, Hazus, what uh, what are you getting out of this one?
0: I was going to say, to me, this is what I like, and this is what I think of a hazy IPA. The nose gets that little bit of a uh, I guess it would be like the citrus kind of the nose but the, almost like that numbing thing on your tongue you know mm-hmm. when you drink it I think it's a, to me it's the, it's not as balanced as the other beer we had mm-hmm. but I think it's more citrus forward sure. um, and that's what I like, that's cool. what I like about this style
1: It's extremely soft and the viscosity just lets it sit on your tongue I think that's yeah, that's that, where you're getting that numbness from It's, right. the, it's almost like a perfect level of viscosity in this cool. beer for me. It's a great mouthfeel. I'm a big mouthfeel guy when it comes to beers. Yeah he's a big mouthfeel guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah I, I would uh not for you Jesus <laughs> <laughs>
2: I would agree with Andy uh, as well. That uh, that mouthfeel on this beer is fantastic. Um, this is this is the quintessential hazy IPA. But again, with that that little hint of bitterness on the end, just like the Everything's Eventually, yep. which I, I think adds something. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's something that kind of gets gets lost in the 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 craze to go as juicy as possible. Is that little bit of bitterness, and I don't know. It's it's welcome. It's Sweet. welcome in some of these beers that you Thank guys are you. doing.
0: Yeah, you can't lose sight of what is an IPA. You know.
1: So I just want to touch on, on something that I know is near and dear to your heart with the mixed fermentation. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about the, the Cool Ship you guys recently acquired and then how that, that program's coming along for you with the spontaneous fermentation. Yeah,
3: so we when we started, again, going all the way back to Door County Brewing Company, in our small seven-barrel brewery, it was in a basement, like eight feet high ceilings, very small, not huge. But well, I wanted to do mixed fermentation, barrel aging, sour beer, but we never had the space to. So when we moved into our new facility uh, last year, we immediately cleaned out our old facility and turned that all into barrel food or storage. If it were up to me, we would brew nothing but saisons, but we have to make money, so we do other stuff. But with this new space, we immediately started messing around with different yeasts, different bacteria different wild yeasts, all that good stuff just to fill up our old space with as many different mixed fermentation sour tart brett forward beers as we could uh to come up with a large amount of different wild beers and with that we also decided we should probably get a cool ship uh cool ship being a metal bathtub essentially where we let wort steep overnight whatever wild yeast and bacteria is sitting in our little cool ship cabin. uh will find its way into that beer, and we will hopefully one day have nice tasting mixed fermentation beer. So, Got that up and running last October. We've ran a few batches through, a few batches in the fall, and then we just did a handful of batches uh, this spring. We're going to use it for spontaneous fermentation. We're going to use it for letting beer sit overnight, and then pitching our own house blend of wild yeast. We're going to use that thing for a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of weird stuff, not just 100% Lambic-inspired spontaneous fermentation, but we're excited. I think we're the fourth degree in Wisconsin after Funk Factory, Oso, and New Glarus. I don't know if anybody else has one, but we're excited. We like it a lot. It's a lot of work, but it's what we've always wanted to do. And all the people get to see it, too. Absolutely, yeah. We have this really cool cabin. Uh, right outside that was just on the property and we didn't know what to do with it and then someone said put a cool ship in and we all slapped ourselves in the face and said why didn't we think of that so there's a cool (laughs) ship in there and it's it's real cool it's cool um but it's the perfect spot for it's it got the nice wood ceilings it's got a handful of windows open let the cold air get in if you're into cool ship stuff and you see that space you'll realize it's a really cool spot for a cool ship. So what, what are some of your favorite beers that you you've, that have came out of there so far? Well, we've actually not had anything come through the cool ship that's actually ready yet. But well, I mean, they've still come through it. They've come through, they're just not in <laughs> bottles or ready to drink yet. But uh, we brewed this last uh, this, this spring one that we're actually super excited about. It's inspired by a wit beer, which is not the most exciting style, but simple wit wit beer grist. Um, We steeped orange peel, coriander, and chamomile in the cool ship overnight. Uh, Once came back the next day, racked them into barrels, and then we also pitched uh, one of our favorite Brett blends. So we're hoping to have slightly funky, earthy wit beer that will be ready to package hopefully this fall within a few months after that have something a little bit quicker but we're going to use it for a lot of stuff i don't know it's gonna we're gonna max that thing out as much as we can
0: I'm going to get back about uh, the community here. Mm -hmm. Um, Any plans for collaborations with uh, the different brewers here?
3: Yeah, we've actually got two collaborations planned for 1840. They're coming up to our place around Door County Beer Festival, which is in only two weeks. So we are going to brew uh, some really cool hazy IPA with uh, wine grapes, or excuse me, uh, wine grape juice. And then uh, we are brewing a mixed-firm saison where we'll split the wort. We're going to brew it with buckwheat, I believe, and hay. And then Kyle from AC40 will take half the wort back to his place, pitch his bugs. We'll take half the wort, pitch it, pitch our bugs. And in a couple months to a year, we'll come back and compare. But, yeah, we've, we've got that coming up, which we're all super excited about. hits all the things, IPAs and weird mixed-firm beers with hay, which everybody... Has been craving for. I, I think that's really.
2: pretty exciting. That's uh, two of the best Saison brewing breweries, doing Saisons mm. together. I think that's very
3: exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited when Kyle came on and he's like, I'm doing barrel fermented Saisons. is like, well, I want to pay attention to you.
2: So when you guys do collaborations what uh, you know we've kind of asked this recently of Kyle what's uh, what is the advantage to doing that are you uh, you're getting information about what Kyle's doing uh, Kyle's getting information about what you're doing uh, wh- what are some of the other advantages
3: I think that I mean obviously learning what other people are doing it helps everybody out but it's cool to be in somebody else's environment and whether it's learning how do you make your hazy IPA as to just like, how are you CIPing this or how, what is this, what is this type of equipment and why do you have this and what is it benefiting you for? Just things like that. And then just the camaraderie and just getting a change of environment helps. I mean, obviously it's a good way to sell beer, but it's just, it's just, it's fun to see people, especially like-minded people. We don't do collaborations with people that we don't feel we share connection or bond to. So it, doing that, it's just, it's, it's a nice way for us to learn what other people are up to and then just you know, bounce ideas off of each other and come up with something that neither of us would have come up with on our own and it's we're super excited to continue that.
1: You've been doing this for a number of years. You have your own beer festival in Bailey's Harbor. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that and uh, all the breweries that you get to come in because you're, you're pulling breweries from Michigan as well.
3: Yeah, we've actually, it's been this year is actually going to be pretty cool so it's it's our fifth or sixth year i don't actually remember but it's basically right in our backyard uh it's it's a super chill festival i think there's only 1200 people it's good space for whatever reason everybody's just super well behaved and super happy at this beer festival which is awesome makes pouring beer super easy but this year they've actually got a handful of really cool breweries coming in funk factory their whole group's coming up. We've got Kyle, obviously, from 1840 will be there. And then Maplewood from Chicago is on the list for some reason. They don't sell beer in Wisconsin, but they're on the list, and I'm not complaining about it. So that's that's going to be cool. And then we, we just hired another brewer who came from Transient in Michigan. So we are 100% pulling his strings to try to get some of his buddies up. A big, that's a, a big, big,
1: pretty big poll. Yeah, no, we're like
3: Brendan. You definitely know how to brew beer, and that's awesome. But let's talk mm-hmm. to your friends real quick. <laughs> so
1: yeah, it'll
3: be it'll be a cool festival. It's again, it's not huge, but it's just such a cool time to drink good beer and hang out with cool people, and not really, it's not in your face, and it's just it's a really relaxed good time if it doesn't rain.
1: I mean, we're, speaking of your festival, we're definitely going into summer season. Uh, what's what's Hacienda's um, and Door County's festival plans this summer? We did a lot of traveling for festivals uh, in the off-season. The summer's
3: actually pretty quiet for festivals, which is nice. We've got Great Taste coming up, obviously. We're doing a collab with Oath, uh the day before, two days before, uh, Great Taste up at our place. And then we are headed to a Kavike Beer Festival in uh, Chicago in September, and then Half Acre doing Far
1: and Away again?
3: They are, but they are pushing it back to next spring, so they're putting a year and a half in between and that is the, like, that was the best beer festival that's ever existed and not enough people knew about it. It was, yeah. so we're well, you, still, you were, we're all still flying high from that event. That, one was of the only ones from Wisconsin that was a year ago. We were the only Wisconsin brewery there. Um, so we've been, you know, we've, we've made really good friends with Half Acre. Uh, Gabe, who owns Half Acre, his family has a place up there and then Lee, who runs the mixed fermentation program, has been awesome. It's, yeah, that that, that was a pretty cool event. So hopefully we get invited back.
0: So as we wrap up, I just got to know one thing. I know you still live there uh, up north. How often are you here?
3: That's a good question. Right now we're trying to be down here at least a day or two a week. Again, I've been able to, we've got a great production staff, so I'm slowly able to hand some of that stuff off to our team. So in a perfect world, we would spend two full days here, depending on the week i mean some weeks if we're traveling we won't but we got a really solid solid staff here Our gm's gm at fuel cafe we've got management from odd duck right now uh and both of them brought over staff with them so we've got a really solid crew here who i feel like is knows what we're shooting for and then we've got other people from door county at the brewery who are also making the trip down as well
0: mark my words in six months you'll be buying the house <laughs> I just bought a house. You're going to buy a second house. <laughs> I make my
3: first payment tomorrow, actually, so I just check my bank account. It's, just, sure like, it's just like then. the brewery,
0: right? <laughs> Grand opening is uh, in a couple of days, and you're already talking about expansion. That's uh, how it's no. going to work.
3: <laughs> Too much going on. Right? Exactly. Overload.
2: Honestly, I, I think we're out of questions. Uh, I think we've covered just about everything we can with a, with a brand new tap room and a brand new brewery here at Hacienda. Uh, I encourage everybody that's in within earshot to come on and check it out. This is going to be a really fun place, I think, for years to come. And. You guys got a great location. Uh, you're not necessarily near any any breweries, so you guys have kind of carved out your niche in Milwaukee. But um, I, I think for now, it, it looks like we're a little out of beer. Uh, so we're going to call it a day. But uh, for me, for Alex.
0: Jesus. Andy here.
2: Danny. And thank you again for joining us. And this has been another solid non-fail production.